Stanley Clark there, a little bit of Silly Putty meets Lopsy Lou. It's like Silly Putty and Lopsy Lou are kind of kind of related to one another. Um, you know, when I was learning them growing up as a bass player, kind of learned them together. It's like once I learned, I think I learned Silly Putty first, and I was like, wait a minute, it sounds like Lopsy Lou. So it kind of, you know, they kind of worked in together. So it's kind of good to start off with a little bit of Stanley Clark. Stanley's my boy, he's the man, he's the bomb. And when you kind of hear the books that I'm going to introduce here today, they're all our kind of biographies. So, okay, a cool. very fitting kind of thing. Nice segue. Okay, so today's episode is called What's on My Bookshelf. And for us, we have accumulated thousands of books, as you probably can tell from the bookshelves behind us. Uh, we have a little bit of a book fetish, I think. I don't know. Um, but we have a nice uh, sampling of the types of books that we are either... Um, some are old favorites, some are new, some are actual books, and then others are digital downloads. So we'll be kind of going between them. Um, and then there are a few that we're planning to read that aren't actually on our bookshelf, surprisingly. Uh, so today we're going to start with number one. Number one is Death of a King, the real story of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s final year by Tavis Smiley and David Ritz. Great book. Excellent book because it goes a long way to demystify uh, kind of uh, this this person that we think Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. is. I mean, we didn't, the thing that we don't realize about him is that you know he's become this iconic symbol of peace and how we can all get a, get along together. You know, Rodney King, uh, can we all just get along? And he's kind of kind of symbolizes that now. And and this book kind of really I think smashes that because. It goes into the real prophetic nature, as like you know, Dr. Colonel West would say, um, of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Meaning that he was constantly challenging us as a society. So even though um, him and um, President Johnson did great things with the Civil Rights Act, I mean, you really challenged him on 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 the Vietnam War, and he was not married to having a political position that would be very, I guess, yeah, yeah easy yeah. and politically expedient for yeah. him. And so this book really kind of goes into that. And, and also just what he was going through during that period of time, meaning that he was getting older, there was a younger crop of civil rights leaders, you know, Stokely Carmichael, that group of people, a little bit more militant uh, than Dr. King was, and kind of how he was coping with that and just being on the edge of really not being relevant anymore. 
we didn't, you don't really grasp that at the end of his life, how all those type of things were changing for him. So um, very, very good read, excellent book. Okay, so again, that one is a biography. We have a lot of biographies because yeah. we like to see the story of how people, you know, how people's lives are rich and not just uh, one uh, dimensional, but that they go through changes and um, how they uh, go through them. Uh, My Life with Earth, Wind, and Fire by Maurice White and Herbie Powell. Yeah, I just kind of started that book. So, I mean, it's really, uh, Maurice White, I think, passed away last year. Um, you know, the great band, Earth, Wind and Fire, I, I, you know, first of all, you need to listen to their music. If you, you go back, just listen to their music, you listen to what they did in the 70s, how they combined the Afro-Cuban type of rhythms in with R&B and some of everything, rock, whatever it might be, just this huge amalgam of sounds that Earth, Wind & Fire brought together. And then there's this thing that Maurice White is like the mastermind of this thing. And this guy, you know, um, he's a great singer. He's an excellent drummer. That's things people don't know about him today. He started off as a drummer with Ramsey Lewis. Um, his brother, Verdine White, who, you know, I, I think basically he's with Earth, Wind & Fire mm-hmm. today. Um, outstanding bass player uh, and learned so much from his brother Maurice. So this book is again another eye-opening experience for me as a kid growing up in the 70s. I I just looked up, idolized, admired Earth, Wind & Fire. They were uh, they, they were they were kind of like classical musicians for me. I mean, that, that's, that's, they were like the pinnacle of what great music was. Them and Stevie Wonder, people like that, during that era, it's like their music, not only was it great from a musician standpoint, but lyrically, and the depth of the music, and it, it was the, the messages that were in the music, just outstanding, so, so another great, great read. And another musician biography, Herbie Hancock. Well, maybe it's not a biography. Herbie Hancock Possibilities. Yeah. It's by Herbie Hancock and Lisa Dickey. Yeah, yeah. So so both um, My Life, uh, Maurice White, and then the Herbie Hancock book, both are um, autobiographies, okay. if I can get it out. Uh, that another great book. Uh, Herbie Hancock talks about his time with Miles Davis, how much he learned. And he's another person that just went through so many uh, different transformations as a musician and an artist. Uh, To see uh, these people like Herbie Hancock who went across different decades and did different styles of music. Um, You know, he he did the funky stuff during the 70s. I mean, this guy, he came from the era of acoustic jazz in the 60s when he was playing with Miles Davis. And Miles Davis has always had this reputation of grabbing up very young musicians and allowing them to grow and giving them the space to grow. Um, Like, I think we were watching a story about him with John Coltrane. And, you know, and they were talking about how John Coltrane would... Uh, pay these long, long solos. And I think um, Miles Davis asked him, you know, how come you solo so long? And he was saying, you know, I, I just can't, you know, I just can't seem to figure out how to stop. He said, well, take the horn out your mouth. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff. And, and, and if you read through this Herbie Hancock book, he kind of drops those kind of nuggets to Herbie Hancock too. And, and you can see how it kind of shaped him musically all along. But He's just had so many different musical incarnations. And he also talks about a drug problem he had, you know. He was um, pretty strong out on cocaine um, at, a, at an older age, too. And it was really surprising to me to find that out. But 
he's very, very open and honest in this book, and you know, it's, it's a lot to take away. Um, number four is Bird by Bird and Lamont, and I love uh, Bird by Bird when I discovered it. Um, it's one of my favorites. I bought it several times paperback. I didn't realize one time that I had it. Once I started reading, I realized I read this before, but it's really good, and now I have the digital. Um, it is not just about how to write. It's about a writer's life and kind of your psychology and the things that you go through, your struggles, but your joy. So I really love it. She's funny, but she's, you know, heavy too at the same time. So I love it. Um, oh, wait a minute. Before you, before you skip past that, what? You know, we've been together for a while, yeah. and I know that this book has kind of been like a writer's Bible for you. Yeah. So it has been different, yeah. you know, aspects in your life where you've kind of come back to this book and mm -hmm. quoted to it for different occasions and things like that. So is it kind of like more like a reference book for you, too, along with just being something that you could just read through? Well, I guess it's something that as I change, I come back to it and I realize more of what she's saying. Okay. So when she says that you need a little bit of crazy, yeah. you know, I first read it. She's Christian and she's crazy, <laughs> you know, and she freely admits it. But I realized, that, you know, we kind of went through our religious phase and 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 I realized you need a little crazy, but you need to know how to rein it in. So yeah, she's one of those kind of people that kind of, she's a white woman with dreads. So that kind of gives you, <laughs> at 60 something. So that kind of gives you some reference to how she is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, next book is I Would Die For You, Why Prince Became an Icon by Torrey. Yeah, this is more of a philosophical look at Prince. Um, I believe that this book was written while Prince was still alive. And so I, I think I actually read it when Prince was still alive. So um, a, another great read. I, I think Torrey does a pretty good job of kind of taking more of a philosophical look at Prince. I, I think I'm a little bit more critical of this book just simply because I feel like I lived through Prince. So, you know, Prince was my soundtrack in high school. So about the time Prince hit on the scene circa 1978, 1979, I was, you know, 13 years old, uh, coming out of middle school when I heard Soft and Wet, and, the, you know, 1979 when I first heard I Want to Be Your Lover. So, so Prince, I, I, I kind of really grew up, at least I feel like musically, I grew up with Prince. And so I kind of, in Prince's music, I can hear the same influences from the 70s mm -hmm. that, that I kind of had. And so, so I, I tend to be a little bit more critical of these type of books, mm -hmm. just simply because it, I have more of a subjective view of how I see Prince. And to the extent that people see it in a different way from mm -hmm. me, sometimes I think I'm main, I'm probably overly critical. So so I think there's a good book to have on the list because for someone who probably has been interested in Prince and would kind of like to have more of a philosophical view about what Prince meant um, within the uh, you know, whole musical landscape, I think this book is very good for that. Cool. Uh, the next book is a book that I discovered through um, a dime, which is Detroit Institute of Music Education class, uh, Traction, How Any Startup Can Achieve Explosive Customer Growth by Gabriel Weinberg and Justin Mears. Um, it's a download for me, but I'm still listening to it. And I hate to say, but I've been, uh, we've been having to be a little bit more business-minded, even as artists and creators. And it just gives uh, information and tips about how you can attract the customer to what you already have. Not being salesy, but um, actually marketing, which is showing what you have to people who actually are interested in what you have. So he is really good. And he gives good tips about things you can try and what you need to 
when you can see when things are going right and to continue down that path or when to turn away and try something else. So I like that. And this, uh, business is a big part of doing music or whatever that you might want to do. Yeah. Uh, art or, yeah. you know, I don't care if it's being an author or something like that. Is, you know, a long time ago people had patrons. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, you, you have to pay attention to that aspect right. of it. Mm -hmm. um, or either you're going to turn it over to someone else who's going to do it for you. Mm -hmm. And then you got to be very, very trusting. So, um, But you have to find that person. You, you have, have to, to sell to person. them. Yeah, you, you still and we're realizing that, that, you know, you it's, it's not enough just to be talented, yeah. but you have to do a pitch so yeah. that that manager or that whoever distributor approaches you. So, or, yeah. you know, talent is all subjective. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, you know, one man's garbage is another man's treasure. So you got to find somebody that if you are selling a piece of garbage, they will see it as true. They will. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, Twyla Tharps. Um, the creative habit, learn it and use it for life. Uh, it's Twyla Tharp and Mark Ritter. Reader. Um, it's a book that kind of helps you realize that you need to practice. She is heavily, she's a um, choreographer, and she is heavily into practice and that your um, muse needs to find you practicing so that um, you can make magic. So if you're constantly grinding, every day you get up and you do whatever it is that you love to do, that somewhere in there genius will strike. So I love that, I love that book for that. Uh, yeah. The next book, uh, no, no, I was just going to kind of elaborate on what you just said. Okay. That That is a big part of it, is that, you know, you will find that if you have a collection of, I mean, we, we have that, right? Mm -hmm. You have tons and tons of songs, mm -hmm. and we never know which songs are going to be the songs that people are going to like. Mm -hmm. And we're always surprised when, you know, a song that maybe we thought people wouldn't care as much right. for is a song that they end up caring a lot for. Yeah. But that's all kind of part of that process of, always just constantly keeping the creative flow mm -hmm. going you know so that there's always like a stockpile of material and things and then there's always ways that you could try to improve and, and better yourself mm -hmm. and so you know and, and that's something that we'll be talking about in future blogs and mm -hmm. blogs and all the rest of that stuff so uh the next book is another twilight tharp it is the collaborative habit and i think um i'm starting to value this a little bit more uh it is by twilight Tharp and her co-writer is Jesse Cornbluth. Um, but I'm starting to value uh, the fact that that our relationship has been collaborative in, in all forms all right. these years and that you need people. You can't do it alone and, and the older we get the more you realize that it's your fans, it's you guys, it's the viewers um, that help add to our art. Right, and, you know, and that's so, sometimes you don't even like to call them necessarily fans as much as it's kind of part of the same community as we say kind of just part of the same tribe yeah you know, tribe. right it's all part of the same tribe having a commonality of interest commonality of things that you know we value things that we like uh, and then also sometimes just having that thing where you could there could be even disagreement mm -hmm. that can kind of tie you together mm -hmm. that can bring you together too so it's it's, it's all of that together that that there's a the whole thing of being able to do things um, in this new era of online, mm -hmm. it, 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 it brings up, it allows you to foster a sense of community that mm -hmm. you could never have done in the past. So, And then sometimes you don't even know. Um, again, we we scouring online, just looking and found something that we, that we sent out in the mail um, over 20 years ago that somebody kept yeah. and put up a picture of it. And I'm like, in this age, that was pre-internet. Yeah. That we set it out, so you just don't know who you're touching, and so I guess no. that's what 
is getting us to, to circulate a little bit more because All requests for records that were released yeah 20 ago, so. years ago and now right. they're charging 40 dollars for something that we used to sell for what five right yeah so uh, the next um, number nine is Making Michael, Inside the Career of Michael Jackson by Mike Smallcomb. Yeah, and another good, I, I think another good biography. And there are probably a lot of good ones out there. I've read two or three uh, on Michael Jackson. So, uh, again, you, you, you've probably seen a theme for me uh, with respect to people that came up during the 70s and me reading about them. And so, um, and that, Again, that for me, that was a golden era of music, um, and so I, yeah, I'm, I'm connected at the hip to that. And so to kind of go back and explore that aspect of my past, I think is great. So I, yeah, I'd recommend it, but I wouldn't necessarily say it's better than any of the other Michael Jackson um, biographies out there. There's some truth in it. There's probably some stuff that's made up. You know, that's just going to be the way things are going. Uh, the next book I found uh, thrifting with my daughter uh, while she's looking at clothes. I'm in the book section, of course, my book fetish. I'm back to it. It's been a, a long time. I had stopped buying books for the longest. Um, but now that we have these wonderful bookshelves, I collect one or two at a time. But this one was a good one. It's called Life is a Verb, and it's by uh, Patty Digg. And it is 37 days to wake up, be mindful, and live intentionally. And she has exercises um, not to forget how to be a kid, not to forget how to be spontaneous, uh, be kind, realize that in your being kind that, you know, karma, that, that people will be kind to you. That's a natural uh, flow. Um, so I like things that, that help me uh, realize that each day is a gift. So this is one of those books. The next book is Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson. Oh, okay. So finally, um, not necessarily a musician, a dead musician from the 70s. Uh, a dead um, innovator from the, yeah. They're starting the 70s. Uh, great book by Walter Isaacson. Um, really kind of takes you into the world, the mind of Steve Jobs. Uh, again, I, you know, it's, it's, it's a long read. But it's really, really a good one. It's better than any of the movies that I've seen uh, on Steve Jobs. So I, I really, really highly, highly recommend this book. It's really a good book. Uh, the next book I found thrifting again. I think most of these last few. Um, it is called The Forward Book of Poetry. And it is from, I guess it's Forward Press. But it's 2003 and it's UK and Irish poets. But I just saw it and there were some good poems in there that, of course, inspired me to do some more material. So that's the reason why I'm including it. Great. Um, and then another thrifting book. No, it's not a thrifting book. 642 Things to Write About yeah. by the San Francisco Writer's Grotto. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, see, I can read too. <laughs> okay, so every page has writing prompts and space for you to actually write. And you know me, I'm a pack rat. I get it from my mom. I will not write in the book. I'm writing on a separate and separate uh, notebooks. Plus, the space is not going to be big enough. But let me give an example. Pick one decision you made in your life, a move, job, or relationship, how would your life uh, be different now if you made a different choice? Wow. So, right, so it give you things to think about and write about, and That's I deep. just love it, right? 642, you can't run out, right? That's it, because no matter where you are, you're there because of choices that you made. That's right. And that's, you know, you have to own where you are in That's your life. right, that's so. right. Um, the next one is One Page at a Time. It's another A Daily Creative Companion by Adam J. Kurtz. 
and it's similar. It has little prompts on the page. I like those kind. I actually started writing this one. Take yourself for a coffee or tea, sit outside, describe three people you saw. That seems interesting. Yeah. I like the people watch, so I yeah. think that's great. Yeah, so I like that one. Um, the next 1,001 oh. Ideas to Create Retail Excitement by Edgar A. Polk. Okay, thank you. All right, so okay. <laughs> another book I found thrifting um, with our daughter. I keep saying my daughter. Our daughter um, is 1,001 Ideas to Create Retail Excitement. Again, thinking about marketing. When I first saw this book, I'm like, oh, well, you know, we don't run a store. But once I started flipping through it, I realized that these ideas are uh, universal and um, no matter what your business is, again, you need to market to find who the people who are excited about what you do. And it gives ideas like use holidays and do giveaways and, all, and the, that's the kind of stuff we're doing now. More giveaways, more um, getting things out there, taking advantage of holidays and, um, and things like that. So it's a really good book. And we're gonna wrap it up. So we can wrap it up. Oh, uh, well, wait a minute. What all did you right. wanna read? There's a book you said you wanted to read, and I don't think I got it on the list. Yeah, well, it's much as there are things I need to do. So, um, as you guys know, I'm a musician. And so, as a musician, I'm constantly looking to grow. So, one of the things that I'm looking to do is to add more music theory, uh, more chord progressions, things like that. So, uh, there's like this book out there, I forget who, the, who wrote it, a uh, book by the name, I have it on the shelf by the name of Evolving Basis. So um, um, I, I definitely am looking to do more of that type of thing just to, again, keep stretching my plan, take it to a whole different level. So ways to um, invigorate the creative process. Okay, good, yay. Okay, so um, did we forget anything? Are there books that you think that we need to read that are either biographies that you think we'd be interested in yeah. or something about the creative process? Yeah. Make sure you drop it in the comments below. Or, or we, just a good book. If it's yeah. just good books good out book, there that you think we interested in. Great stories, whatever. So Let us know in the comments below. Yeah. All right, so um, if you haven't, please subscribe. Click the little button below. And also subscribe to the blog, www.bloomingforjippy.com slash subscribe. And as always, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we'll see you again next episode. Bye-bye. If you like this program, be sure to subscribe for more Blooming for Jippy fun at www.bloomingforjippy.com.